great debates. Hi, I'm Steve Healy here. Get, present. Oh, shh. I'm going to get us right into it with the micro, okay? Healy, we agreed a few episodes ago that we just get right into it. You guys don't say anything until the debate starts. No, you also minutes. said you wanted like a little present here at the top. Yeah, but then we canceled that and we figured out the way around it was oh for me God. to just get Grass right that. into it. So, Never mind. All good I've, podcasts start with one person shushing another one. <laughs> <laughs> with a, an argument about the procedure for yes. how to begin the podcast. Right off the top. All right, let's get into it. Let's go. Okay, four minutes on the clock. Steve mm. Healy taking the pro. I'm going to stick. To the timer this time. So, Healy, you're going to have a minute of opening statement. I'm going to interrupt you if you take longer. Uh, up for debate. A calendar is a type of map. Okay. I'm Steve Healy uh, taking the pro. Obviously, we're going to need to even have this debate be practicable. We're going to need to have a somewhat loose definition of map. But I think... I invite the moderator and the listeners to come along with me and consider what a map really is. It's a physical representation of geography. And a calendar is just an ex a different type of map, which is a physical representation of time. And similar to how as you move uh, on your road trip across the map from Los Angeles to New Mexico forward in time, uh, eastward in geography from left to right across the map. Similarly with a calendar, as you move from today until Friday, you move from left to right and forward across the map and forward in time. They're very similar concepts. They're very similar ways humans have to make the abstract manifest, to understand it and to plan. And so I think it would help us all uh, as a society, as people, as thinkers, to include the calendar as a type of map. Okay, I'm Dave King. I'm taking the con. Healy, look, interesting, great job. We get it. They have similarities. Thank and you. I think it's very interesting. But here to me is the key difference. A map is a reference tool. A map contains information that is true for everyone. A calendar is personal. A calendar is something that you use to keep track of your appointments, of birthdays that are, that are known to you, of things going on in your life. More and more people use digital calendars. What do they all have in common? They have information in it that is personal only to one person. So yes, there is a quote unquote, like calendar that we all use that has the dates and stuff, but people don't fill in a map the way they fill in a calendar. A map is not meant to be something that is just for you. A calendar is. And really like, if you want to say that like, well, I mean a, cal a blank calendar, if you will. Well, that's not what most people use as calendars anymore. They fill in their calendars with information, with the personal stuff and maps don't do that. Maps are a reference, calendars are not. Dave, uh, interesting points, but not uh, they're not going to carry the day here because I can dismiss them pretty easily. A calendar, first of all, does contain information that's true for everyone. For example, the date of Christmas, December 25th, what day of the week that is. That's on everybody's calendar for this year. Well, the, what, even... What <clears throat> even what, even from country to country, things you know, vary. Me, so me, Thanksgiving in the United States isn't the same as well, Thanksgiving be marked in Canada US on a, on on a, a calendar. US calendar. Whereas I, if you look at a map, the Canada and U.S. border is exactly where it is, regardless of where you are in the world. These are fixed 
things and the calendar June does not 6th, have things every day uh mm-hmm. everywhere in the world of this year 20 uh 22 will be on a monday everyone mm-hmm. knows that that's on everyone's calendar dave i know june 6th is your birthday yes and it's also thing about you. and that's and something the, that some people would celebrate dave, and some people hang on a uh, other people wouldn't so I, again like dave, some people would be like oh that's interesting dave, that's d-day you won't find that on a calendar in germany we all know june 6th is d-day and i think it's not going to be on any printed calendar at cvs but similar to the way a map when I look at a map of New Jersey on everybody's map, Westfield, New Jersey. Okay. That's a town in New Jersey for me. Okay. That's my grandmother's house. We used to go there. I have filled in personal, uh, information, uh, expanded but you haven't the map. literally I, done that. You've in your head, you have like, yes. when you look at the map, yes. you remember uh, things about the way right. there, but you haven't like drawn a bridge on the map where there's a bridge and you don't need I to think, because a map contains all the information that's necessary to the person who's looking at it. I think many a person has circled a place on a map or in a Google maps, dropped a pin somewhere, a special place to have ice cream, whatever it is. I think that's... Do you the, care about any of the rules, Healy? Like the alarms going off and you're just... It's not my job to stop myself to moderate the debate. <sighs> Wouldn't hurt. Well, I try to do it politely with the sound of the buzzer, but I hear you. I hear you. I do. I get all three verbally. buzzes of the buzzer, or yeah, I think that's fair. Thank you. <clears throat> Someone can finish their thought until the three buzzers go. Come for I... the debate. Stay for the procedure. <laughs> <laughs> what is a debate? If not, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, I think the I, I Steve had me at holidays. <laughs> I know, I know. It no, seems crazy. Right, whatever. I think what did I want? Maybe is like more about the fact that the map is sort of static and the calendar you can erase and put in. Whatever. Oh, that's good. I don't okay. know. Yeah. Just thinking out loud here. <clears throat> you know, it's a micro. It's hard to get too granular, but I hear it's what you're really saying. It's really hard to get in there. And you that's know, why, I can't. Yeah. That's why, you know, Steve, if you look, if you've, if you've reviewed the statistics, you've seen that Healy has a distinct advantage in the micro debates. And yeah, I think cheers, that. Cheers to Lister Daniel Gonzalez for sending us a chart breaking down some of these statistics. Yeah, I think that was that was helpful for me. And I know Healy is a strong debater for sure. But we're talking about he has a big serve, you know. So it's like he's a hardcore specialist, you know. And when we get onto Clay in the longer debates, that's where I can kind of, you know, slow the game down a little and really get into it. Well, not to take away from my own gifts as a micro debater, but the micro has a time limit. I start. Aren't, I'm usually That's what like I'm saying. It's, it's yeah. like you're serving. Yeah, you're like an Isner. Um, you know, just huge serve. I think that's again. That's giving me too much credit. I think I just have okay. a structural advantage because I start. That's probably true. Yeah, you're time not limited that good. debate I where that. I start. I agree. You're not time. very good at this. Yeah, that's true. I should have <laughs> won most of the debates. I agree. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Daniel's um, stats, by the way, had me. I'm rethinking a lot of things. I'm not sure what to do with the information the, to the point where I'm even like, does Dan keep score to keep everything perfectly even? I don't know. Well, I don't know. People lo- are saying it. Main debates uh, were very even. I found yeah. it may just be yeah. a sensitivity that I have. 
There's bound to be some like makeup calls and stuff. It's gonna happen, you know. Sure. Are we in host chat? Yeah, probably. Yes. And actually, I, I noted something I wanted to bring up in host chat this week. Wow. Dave, I think this was a tweet or something you had. I forget what form of media at first came up, but I think about oh. it. I've thought about it a lot. Oh, no. It was a writing tip. Uh-huh. If you have a pen that bothers oh, yeah. you the slightest bit, throw it away. Throw it away. Don't keep fighting the pen. Not and I've, I've adapted yeah. that as one of my laws. Yeah. If good, I pick good. up a pen, it doesn't work. It doesn't. There's no second chances. That yeah, that's pen my, is out. I, that is my only writing tip, is if you have a pen that is gives you any trouble at all, a spot of ink, or it doesn't work once, trash it. I'm thinking actually about expanding this philosophy. Let's tell this out a little bit. Like, I was thinking maybe it could work for, like, you know, cutlery, like knives or something. Like, if mm-hmm. you have a knife with a loose handle or something, just get, what are you doing? Like, oh, unless yeah. it's what a, are you doing? Unless it's a beautiful hundred and thirty dollar knife for, or I don't know how expensive knives are, Never. Just like, and then just oh, like just put it on it, display. Man. Yeah, don't you? Sure. It. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't need that, or like I don't know. Maybe it's only pens and knives now that I think about it. But even that is pretty helpful. I can't think of like a third example, but yeah. No. Yeah. What <laughs> happened, Healy? What What was What was your pen incident that led you to? Uh, support this theory. You know, sometimes I'm picking up a, a bum pen out of my coffee cup of pens. It's right. an old hotel mm-hmm. pen. It, mm. it, click The click isn't satisfying anything. Mm-hmm. And it's Get like, it I don't know, maybe it's uh, being frugal or something. I used to, you know, give it a fight, maybe give it another chance. But it's like, no, there's pens everywhere. It's fine. Right. Yes, exactly. There's, yeah, there's no a lot sure. of oh, new pens to get. <clears throat> okay, yeah. so I, ju- I just realized why I went to Knives. And it's because I recently read one of those things, which is like, I forget who it was, but it was like an old man reflecting on his life and trying to like collect wisdom into very like dispensable, like helpful truths. And one of them was... Make note of the times you say, hey, where's our good blank? Where's our good knife? Or where's that good pair of scissors? Because it means you have bad blanks <laughs> and you should get rid of them. <laughs> you should only have good blanks. Yeah. And again, I don't know. The only examples of this I can remember are knives and scissors. But there have to be <laughs> other ones. I mean, even if it's like, where's my good pair of pants? That means you've got bad pants. Get rid of the bad pants. I'm, I deserve good pants. A few pairs of pants I'm going to throw away tonight. There you go, wow. bud. I'm definitely going to apply pen rule to scissors, though. Bad pair of scissors is oh, get them out. worse than that. In fact, dangerous. Same goes with knives, you know? Like, that's yeah. the last or thing pants. you want. Or pants, for that matter. You know? Oh, interesting. You never get the, a second chance to make a first impression. Now is no. this interesting? Two of those things are are the some of, two of the only examples where you say a pair of plurals meaning a singular object. Pair mm. of scissors, pair of pants. That's just barely interesting, I would say. Yes. Mm. I think that's pretty good. I, people yeah. are starting to say a pant more than they used to. I, I would. Submit. Yeah, sneaking in there. Yeah. Oh, you know what I saw also while we're talking about language, there was an article or something about how people are dropping the article the from certain uh, like neighborhoods in New York City. So they're starting to say, like, oh, I saw this. Yeah. Yeah. The, old t- the old-timers hate that somebody would they say, I had dinner 
What would in East Village? In in West Village. Yeah, yeah. that's disgusting. Whoa. It, that does like sound that. weird to me. I don't like that either. No, that represents when, a little bit like a, a New York uh, giving up on its supremacy or something. Because it's like mm. it used to be the West Village. There's Absolute. one. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, frankly, West the Village. Village really is the all Village. you need. Yeah. You know, yeah, like. Sure. Oh boy. But would well, you that, say in the West Greenwich Village? Or would you say oh, no. in Western Greenwich, Greenwich That's Village? interesting. I think you would just say Greenwich Village when you're talking about from like a, like in a historical book about like the, you know, like the folk scene in the 60s, right? Yeah, you sure. Say Greenwich, like, Village Greenwich Village stops in like, like yeah, yeah. 1970 or something. That it doesn't right. exist anymore. Do you, yeah. when you talk about the freeways in Los Angeles, do you use the definite article? Like I the five I or the do. ten. I follow the local convention yeah, of the ten. Because in up, the one up north, where I grew up, we never used that. We just would say, no, I no. have to take five or whatever. Oh, so, so where that, does that so, start? Where's the yeah, California? Where's the, where is the, the divide? I assume yeah. it's the grapevine. Where does five become the okay. five? I think it's when there you go over the... The path <laughs> exiting five, entering the five. You are now off five and onto right, the, the five. <laughs> yeah, that's almost exactly what I said, but sure. Yeah, the stickers onto the signs. Maybe we should open a little, I don't know, like a place where you can. <laughs> oh, buy, I love buy some that. T-shirts and stuff. Yes, that's a great idea. Where? So wait, roughly, where is this? Where are we talking? I think you, it's at you, the Tahone Pass. Okay. Okay. Where is yeah. That? Like Castaic past top there. of the grapevine, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that's what you meant. Got it. I um we're we're in a little too deep on California geography for me to keep up. <laughs> but I like this idea. I like a little t-shirt stand or something. A little Anderson's pea soup style place. Right. Well, there's that huge, there's like a huge <laughs> shops. There You've like, arrived at the at five. The five. Yeah. Yeah. I like to hone ranch. We could have that could be like uh-huh. Uh huh. It's a spot. It's a little restaurant. It's called Five Becomes the Five. Five becomes. <laughs> yeah. I'll meet you at Five Becomes. Why do they call it that? Well, it's where pe- the it's where Five becomes the Five. That's how people yeah. refer at to it. At Five Becomes, you get five dishes: a soup, okay. a salad, a yes. main, yes. a side, and a dessert. And I love it. Imply that that's going to become poo inside you. Five becomes. Hmm. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Is that good? Wow. <laughs> Will that work? Right. I might not need that in their branding, but... Okay, okay. Well, we're workshopping. Oh, boy. Okay. I'm ready okay. to get us out of here. Yeah, and into yeah that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> we're not okay. here for novelty restaurants. We're here to debate. Heels, are you ready to take the pro again? Always born I right. Bet, I bet you are, you little pro taken. <laughs> I'm a little shit. pro pig. Oh, you love your little pro. <laughs> By the way, last topic, <laughs> we, I yeah. felt like we had to debate the last top because it was a Healy resolved. And I, I just wanted to hear where he was coming from. Right. Oh, okay. Similarly, we're going to do another Healy resolved. And I think I, I also want to hear Healy's on this so um if you're ready the topic up for debate is a cowboy and his horse are best friends okay reader or listener moderator and dave i want you all to join me oh thanks bud picture uh a young cowboy uh 
He lives on the plains. His horse and his saddle, they're his only companion, right? He's riding the range all day, rounding up stray cows. And who does he have for uh, not just comfort, but colleague, um, working together, lives depend on each other? His horse. He could be away from his bunkmates for days, weeks at a time, depending on where he's riding on a big uh, ranch, riding the riding the wild country. He could be out there for weeks with just his horse. And so, of course, the two of them are going to form a bond that would be very strong that we'd have to call best friendship. The cowboy and his horse are best friends. Uh, we know that cowboys are uh, reserved in their human relationships, but with the horse, there's no secrets. I'm Dave King, and I'm taking the con. They ain't called horse boys. <laughs> I don't know if that landed quite. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> what uh, did you expect would happen? Well, I don't know. Maybe that I was kind of like that. Um, <laughs> maybe that Medina would be like, game over, silver uh, bullet. Uh, I love it. It's too good. Stop right. the game. I kind of knew it wouldn't happen, but right. I wanted to just. It was like leave trying a... to shoot the moon in hearts. Yeah, it was a shoot okay. the moon, yeah. and I lost, and that's fine. But they, it is true that they called horse boys, and there's a reason for that. We have an animal. First of all, it, okay, a cowboy's best friend is his best friend. Cowboys aren't necessarily lonely. They often work together, um, and their best friend is the human who is their best friend. It may also be uh, his wife or his brother. The, that's what the cowboy's um, you know best friend is. We have an animal famously known as man's best friend, and that is a dog. And cowboys also have dogs, and that's who, if you're going to pick an animal to be their best friend, that's who their best friend would be. It wouldn't be the horse. A horse, the relationship between a cowboy and a horse is more like an employer-employee relationship. The horse is there to serve the cowboy. They're not, there isn't the sort of same equality among a, a, a a man and a horse that there is among two men or a man and a dog even. You don't get the same kind of bond with a horse that you do with either a person or a dog. That's why a horse is not a cowboy's best friend. Also, I'd like to say importantly, let's not forget the horse's side of things. The horse's best friend is not the cowboy. The horse's best friend is another horse. Absolutely without question. If you picture who the horse goes to at the end of the day, it's the answer is his friends in the stable or another horse out of the fields or whatever it is. He's not hanging out with the cowboy at the end of the day. So the horse's best friend is the cow is not the cowboy, just as the cowboy's best friend is not the horse. Okay, blessedly, I don't have to prove that the horse considers the cowboy his best friend. Could be an interesting debate, and I think there's room there, but I'm willing to say that like the horse. I don't think other horses are usually the horse's best friends. I think horses are pretty fractious with each other. I think there might be a, maybe there's a goat in the stable or a a cat in the stable that the horse is best friends with. I'm prepared to acknowledge sometimes the horse has a best friend in the stable. Now, okay, so alternatives, Dave, he scattershotted a bunch. Dog, I mean, some cowboys probably like their dogs, but... They're out there on the range most of the day. The dog is uh, somebody they see at the end of the day. They check in with. 
like but the a best Cowboys friend, hired, uh, not you know, someone he, you work with, but someone you check in with at the end of the day. No, no, no. Is, no. I don't. I don't work with my friends that often, or certainly my you best work with friend. Your like, friends all the, what is this? Well, I that's mean, a luxury that we have, but that's not what makes us our best. In fact, Healy, what are we debating at night? Because we don't work together. We have so we have different careers, and then we, what do we do? We talk at the end of the day. But when the uh, but work actually, is arguably, done, arguably, we hang Dave, out. Yeah. Arguably, our day, our relationship is very much like the cowboy and the horse. We couldn't do it without the other one. It's essential to our work. What? Uh, the work of debating. Uh, we need each other. And yeah, it can be tense sometimes, but that's part well, of a that, best friendship. Okay, and so you have it right there. Is the like cowboy our, equivalent to two debaters is we're the only cowboy, like and, a his cowboy horse. and a horse when we're doing this podcast, when we're actually best friends and when we're out in the world, our relationship is nothing like that of a cowboy and a horse. We don't like depend on each other for each other's livelihood. We don't like, I don't, you don't depend on me to get you somewhere much faster than you could otherwise. Like situation where we're Ubering together or like some of those times when we were in Asia, very similar to a cowboy and his horse. Like, you know, we're in a predicament together. We need to get out of it or uh, we need to get to a certain place together. We were seeing the world together. We were doing the opposite of working together. That's what a cowboy and his horse do. They see the world together. And that's that's what their best friendship is formed on. And look, uh, probably a lot of cowboys don't want to admit it. <laughs> they will say, yeah, my best friend is Travis. My best friend is my wife, Lucy. Of course, she's my best friend. But really, in their heart of hearts, when they're th- their best friend is the you know what? beast upon which they spend hours on. Actually, like rotate through which horses they ride on. I, I could so I don't know anything about cowboys, but I think it's very easy for me to picture that like today I'm going to take Thunderbolt out there, like oh well we're going over the mountains and you know whoever it is Jethro doesn't like the uh, whatever it is the hills that much, so I'm going to take listen to that sensitivity and concern that they have there. Like one of those horses is the best friend, and the other horses are friends, and, or even there could be multiple best friends. <laughs> Well, that I disagree. I strongly disagree with. <laughs> but that to me is like, well, whatever. It doesn't. It's matter. like that concept. I want to attribute it to uh, Sophia Rossi. I think came was like best friend is a tear, not a yeah. A I thought that was like a Mindy thing. Maybe also. it was a Mindy. I don't know. I'm not um, involved in. Who's yes, I that. don't subscribe to that theory. I think if there, you only have one best friend, or you could have best f- whatever. What are we doing? It doesn't matter. Uh, a cowboy and a horse have a. There is a a strong, this is my closing statement, there's a strong difference in status between the cowboy and his horse. And that is the defining difference between the relationship that they have and the relationship that best friends have. Best friends are always on equal footing. They're, you know, one of them is not going to, you know, like demand anything out of the other that they wouldn't demand in return. And that's exactly the opposite of the relationship between a a man and a cowboy and his horse, even though I know nothing about cowboys. Actually, I think most best friendships probably depend on a weaving of status relationships where one person is higher status in some areas and the other in others. And that I think is very similar to a cowboy and a horse. I mean, they, the cowboy is higher status in terms of like he has the money, he gets the feed, uh, he, he he's a human. To, yes, but he's the horse is, the horse is a thousand pounds, and the cowboy needs him if he's going to get across the badlands or whatever he has to do that day. And so there, and the stamina of the horse, the cowboy needs. The cowboy couldn't do his job without a horse. So that 
tangling the weave of status there. I think that for, helps form the best friendship rather than uh, fight against it. Dan, <laughs> we go to you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> wow, I tell you, I was I was the Dave guy up until the last minute. I, I don't know that I'm totally convinced, but Healy, you had a good closing statement there. Uh, and it really kind of, uh, uh, tugged at me. I think I'm still, I, <laughs> the, if there was a silver bullet in this debate, it was your best friend is who you go hang out with after work. Uh, yeah, man. The day is done. I thought that was pretty good. And I think it still has me, uh, with a win for D for Dave. Thanks buddy. Okay, so Dan Gonzalez, mark that in your charts. And uh, <laughs> the great gathering of data continues. Uh, wow, you seem upset, Healy. I don't want to pick at a sore here, but... Um, upset? No. I mean, <laughs> I think that um, Medina's... Mo- I'm, I'm the... the, the the good Gonzalez report, the stats oh. that we got on the debates, that's led me to be like, Medina will never let me win like 10 in a row, even if I do. So right, that's right, a little right. bit. So that's probably yeah. what it is. You yeah. know, what? it reminds me of um, that book. I think it was in that book, Scorecasting, that was like a look at um, subjective factors in sports, like mostly umpiring and like home field effects and stuff. And they found something interesting, which is that like umpires in home, like basically when they favor the home team in balls and strikes, they tend to do it not surprisingly in very crucial moments. So like on three, two pitches, they like two strike counts, they slightly favor the home team, but oddly enough on counts, like low leverage counts, like no, like zero, like no balls, no strikes, and like one, one ball and zero strikes. There's actually a slight favoritism towards the away team, and they think that it's sort of like a makeup call type thing, where like they know that they can like they subconsciously know that they're helping the home team a little too much when it really counts, so they help out the away team when it doesn't count nearly as much, which I thought was interesting and unexpected. Mm. Is there a way to Maybe, use that in gambling to make money? Well, Oh, uh, no. <laughs> no. You got to know, unless you, like, know the umps personally. I mean, again, that was Tim Donaghy's whole thing was, like, I'm not, he was, like, I just know that which umps, which referees in the NBA, like, hate certain teams, and I just use that information. Anyway. Who's that? Who's Tim Donaghy? Tim Donaghy is the disgraced NBA referee who bet on basketball games and made a ton of money and then was, like, banned from the sport. Oh, but <clears> he would he would just bet on knowing which refs would favor which teams? <clears throat> yeah, so he didn't tank games. He didn't have any... He didn't, like, blow... He didn't do anything to affect the outcome of games. I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast, but I read his book, Personal Foul, which is not very good, but it was interesting. And he would say, like, what he would do is be like, oh, this ref is in Madison Square Garden tonight. He hates the Knicks. The Knicks are going to, like, get screwed by at least a few points. I'm going to bet against the Knicks. Or... Uh, you know, yes, that was the basic thing. Also, wow. the other, so just while we're talking about it, I, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but the mo- other interesting fact from the book was that the he said the refs would often 
make a bet amongst themselves, which was like, whoever calls the first foul has to buy dinner for the other refs after the game. And so there would be like four minutes without a whistle and the coaches would be like, well, guys, come on, what the fuck? And then eventually someone would be like, all right, God damn it. That's a foul. All right. I'm fine. Was there no refs? Was like, I have too much integrity for this. <laughs> Apparently crazy. not. Not according to Tim Donaghy. Wow. Anyway. Oh, oh boy. Sorry, that felt like a tangent, but you well, know. Well, do we have fun. time for another quick no. debate? Oh, yeah, done. come on. We can do one little one. Come on. All right, okay, one. okay, okay. Come on. Let's go. Yeah, why not? Okay. <clears throat> Let's have some fun I got out there. Kind of a kooky listener top from our old pal Henry Johnson. Oh, yeah. That guy and knows I thought the we top. could. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I thought we could light this one up. Uh, uh, for everybody, if that, yeah, if that's Let's cool. We have time. Candle. If we have, if we have this, the energy, the stamina. Well, the, the episodes have to be between uh, zero and six hundred minutes, so I think we, right. I think we can do okay. it. Okay, we got it. We got okay. it. We're gonna be good. It's not the time; it's the stamina. Because I, yeah, yeah, but okay. Um, Healy Pro. Yep. Yep. Okay, here we go. The alphabet is in the right order. I'm Steve Healy. I'm taking the pro. They nailed it with the alphabet. First of all, <laughs> alpha, alpha, beta, like right there, the word, not many words that are the beginning of the thing that they describe. That's cool. Um, a is in do the you, right. I'm sorry. Do you think that the alphabet starts with the letters alpha and beta? No, but I think the word alphabet came from like, Greek uh-huh. alpha beta. It's just like if, okay. if we called, I can't think of a, it's impossible to even think of a core. If we called dinner appetizer main dessert or something like that. <laughs> well, but in a different language. Yes, but close enough. I mean, A, R, A, and B are close enough to alpha and beta that you can see that pattern there and you have to respect it. Okay, now. <laughs> All the letters are in this a... This is for children. Well, that's Keep going. my next it. point. All the, yeah, okay, all the letters are organized in a way that you can sing a little song about them that every kid at some point gets into and hooks into and uh, likes. And they all know the song. And once you've got the song down, for the rest of your life, even if you're uh, rusty on the alphabet, you can find a letter... Just by reciting the alphabet in sing-song fashion, you'll get yourself there. And that's very cool. It's like um, a song line or something, like a little guide that will go with you for your whole life. And I think that's really special and nice. And evidence that the alphabet's in perfect order. Because tell me the edit you would make if you don't think the alphabet's in the right order. Dave. Okay, so the reason that this song works is not because of, like, the letters are in the right order. It's because it's Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. It's like an incredible melody that was written by Mozart, right? Like, Mozart wrote the alphabet song. That's why it works. Am am I wrong? Didn't he write Twinkle, Twinkle, or, like, the theme or something that it's based on? You keep going. I'll look that up. Okay, great. So um, if you switch the order of the letter, I mean, this is the ultimate confirmation bias, right? I mean, like, if you switch the letter order of the letters up and it was, you know, M-L-T-S-A-Q-L or whatever, like, that sounds pretty good to me. And those are, I think I said L twice, I'm not sure. But, like, it's it's the song that works. It's not the order of the letters. The main problem with the order of the alphabet, and everybody's talked about this, is that you have a huge sort of, like, 
You've got these J's and Q's that are in the mix. The order of importance is all the way off. You've got the little used letters that it seems like the intention of the alphabet is like, and then we'll put your V's and your X's and your Y's and your W's. We'll put those at the end. You don't, they're not as important. You don't need to know about them. Hold on, let me finish. But if, but for some reason, you've got this J, you've got this Q sticking out in the That's middle of the alphabet. The and it's, it's out of order. If it were uh, all you're out of order. Also, so, sorry, okay, go ahead, go ahead, Eli. If it were all okay, so, uh, Mozart did arrange uh, "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star," but it seems like it was a popular French melody uh, that <coughs> around before him. Anyway, okay, having insignificant letters mixed with significant letters is part of the genius of the alphabet. If all the lesser well, why letters, the, why were, aren't they more mixed? If then? all the lesser why, letters, why are Z and X? Why isn't it A, a Z, perfect B, C, balance. D, X, E? There's that significant letters in every quadrant of the alphabet, which is part of how you're able to remember it so well. Like if it were all the lame letters at the end, you'd get them all jumbled. You would forget one or two. You would miss a few, but the way that they space out the, the meat and the veg, so to speak of the alphabet is brilliantly (laughs) done and keeps you going. There's something to sustain you at every point of the alphabet. There's two types of letters, vowels and consonants. If you were going to give any sense of order to the alphabet, you would divide them. No, Am Dave, I wrong? no, you're but missing the point. But for some reason, the vowels are mixed in with the consonants. Yes, it it that's how you, if all the vowels to were together, they would become a mush. The way to do it is what, to space what do you mean, them out. A mush? How much easier would it, wouldn't it be easier for teachers to say, why do we do the alphabet that we does? Well, it starts or ends with the vowels. We do the, uh, the vowels first, A, E, I, O, U, Y sometimes, usually. And then we do the consonants, B, C, D, F, G, H, I, F, fuck, J, K, you know, whatever. Like, that makes a lot of sense to me. That already, that's, that tiny, tiny improvement already makes the alphabet way better than it currently is. They're in the wrong order because there is no order. The alphabet is out of order. <laughs> People like you always come along and they try. People like and, me? Yeah. What do you mean? Jewish people? I mean, people who are trying to find, you know, there's a more rational way to do this. Yes. No, 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 no. The time-tested way. That I didn't come up with you know, I'm not the one saying change the. Stuck just, around for a reason. I am simply answering the call of the con that the alphabet is, the whatever it is, the letters in the right order. I'm not, I'm not submitting a, a legislation to Congress to change the order of the letters. Listen, I'm not that guy. Listen to Dave there. He's he's even in the arrogance of the debate, he's too he's balking at the power of the alphabet. He's not going to propose an alternate alphabet. He's not going to rearrange the alphabet cuz he knows the alphabet is too strong. He doesn't want to come up against it. I mean, that's absurd. You know, it's just because it's it's the same thing as like, you know, uh, using ounces instead of the metric system. We all know that there's a better way to do it, but it's institutionalized. What are you going to do at this point? How would you go about even changing the letters of the alphabet? It's kind of an interesting <laughs> idea. I mean, it, would it be cool for a president to run on the platform like, by the way, we're going to change the alphabet. I know it sounds crazy. But we're going to split up the vowels and the letters. We're going to put the bad ones at the end. It's going to be better for everyone. We're moving J. We're moving J. J and Q, they're getting a backseat. They're riding in the caboose where they finally belong. I'd, I'd at least listen to it. At least it's someone who's thought things through. 
is better than what we have. You'd listen to that from a presidential candidate whose priority was rearranging the I guess now that I think about it, it'd probably be disqualifying for someone who's seeking national office to even mention that idea. But that doesn't mean that it's not a good idea. It just means that it's like absurd and it suggests no, that his mind isn't where it should be. It's impossible to even approach correcting the alphabet. That's how yeah, right it is. No, it's just how set in stone it is. I no, mean, no, no. If there was something wrong, people would have tried to fix it. That is the nature of people. And because the alphabet is in the right order, an order we can all agree on and memorize easily and have in our hearts, it's a good order. It's a good alphabet. Stick with it. Stick with the alphabet, I say. Vincito, <laughs> <laughs> what'd you think? I, I, uh, I don't think now I'm very gun shy about judging these debates. Really. Interesting. I say, but. I'm going to go with my gut, which is to give it to Healy at the end. Only at wow. the end. I, because up until then, you know, Dave had the better argument. And then I thought, well, yeah, obviously it's 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 in the wrong order because it's in no order. But then I thought it's working and no <laughs> one wants to fix it. And that means that it's fine. <laughs> Dave, you argued your way out of it by saying it would be crazy to propose to fix it. And then Healy's. Yeah, you're right. So okay, I, I, I think Healy wins. We've got some brain power right, here. Let's just assume that we were dedicated to fixing the alphabet. How would we begin? What would be like our strategy? Okay, now are you asking how would we rearrange the alphabet? No, no, no. Or are you Let's okay. just assume okay, that here's how you way. start. I'm you yeah. we start. Yeah with um, talking points, okay? Mm-hmm. And we start getting a few little talking points out there. We're not trying to um, build Rome in a day here. Mm-hmm. We're trying to change mm-hmm. the order of the fucking alphabet. It's gonna take time. <laughs> it might take 10 or 20 or even 50 years, but we have to start with a, a thousand mile journey with a single step. Mm-hmm. We're gonna start with some talking points and we're gonna stick with it. And, and we're going to stick with, if we have people out there on radio, on TV, sports heroes, movie stars, they're going <laughs> to, yes. a few people, a few of us are going to start saying the alphabet's out of order. And then in a few years, we're going to start proposing specifics. Wouldn't it be better if the vowels were at the front? Mm. And then, you know, and okay, then so first we gonna, start with just spreading. That's good. Just to get it in people's heads. That it's out, out of order. order. Yeah. Just and FYI, then the that's out of order. Goodbye. Someday when it becomes clear through an opinion poll or something like that, that people are interested in this idea, a politician or whoever, a the head of the <laughs> education department or something, mm. a, pre- a president of a university says, uh, you know, after studying the alphabet for my entire career, I've determined that it's out of order. And then people are going to be saying, that's what we've been saying this whole time. <laughs> yes. We need and, a professional it, alphabetician to yes. say that I've studied the Even matter. in Medina's vision, 50-year vision of changing the alphabet, it ends with us frustrated, someone stealing our idea, basically not getting any credit for it. Yeah. No, we can't keep doing We're not alphabet. doing this for the credit. That's fine. No, the person that is, this is all, we don't get any credit, but they didn't, when they like proposed the Laffer curve or whatever Mm. in the 80s and we lowered taxes and blah, blah, blah. No one got any credit for that. Yeah. Except for like, yeah, (laughs) Laffer. Well, (laughs) right. Okay. Besides besides that guy. They're still talking about him. Yeah. So that person gets, you know, um, uh, laughed at in the press, but we reap the benefits later of a better and more organized alphabet. 
That's right. Wow. The that's person I the person who's going to change the alphabet hasn't even been born yet. That's the way we have to right. think about this. Yes. We have to start. We have to lay the groundwork now. I actually think that the, the actually the our best chance for the three of us to <laughs> sow the seeds that would change the alphabet is to start it to do to start it kind of as a joke. In like a, oh, yeah. for lack of a better comparison, mm-hmm. like a Dogecoin way, mm-hmm. where we're like we get Musk, you know. Well, I I don't I can't get Musk, but we get our most famous friends to make like a funny video that's like the alphabet is out of order and we have to change it, and it's right. like, and we we sell funny T-shirts and stuff, and then just let that like inertia go and people be like, actually, you know, the truth is it is kind of out of order. That's like why it's actually funny. Right. It's like, five hey, becomes, you know. we can sell alphabet the, the right way. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk about two birds. <laughs> what if it's, is it, it seems like actually the way it would be to take over Sesame street and then just okay. get them to be a, that's <laughs> Hostile Children's Workshop a Takeover. T- yes, that <laughs> is our best bet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there we go. Well, I'm going to start just alphabetizing things the way that I think they should be. That's it's, interesting. How If you went into a person's house and they had like a card catalog or whatever that was arranged in a different alphabet. You know, you go to your friend's house, they've got a card catalog. I don't know. I can't think of anything else that would be alphabetized. I don't know. You tell me. What's alphabetized? I don't know. The spices or something? Yeah, okay. The spices. Sure. Oh, boy. I mean, you think they're lunatic, right? Yeah. Are your spices okay. are your spices alphabetized? No. <laughs> no. But now I'm thinking about not only alphabetizing them, but alphabetizing them in the way that I want. We recently <laughs> alphabetized some of the spices. Really? Because oh, it's I hard like to that. find them otherwise. Yeah. We have some of them where we're just looking at the lids and you can't see the color of the thing or whatever. And, and it's hard to find ginger in like 20 different mm. bottles with the same font. So right. Maybe the alphabet the should cheese. be determined by the order of the most important spice. That's where I like, I think yeah. G it's should come first because of garlic powder. I mean, I'm using that more than anything. I'll tell you. I mean, pepper. Salt. Yeah, I'm not a big pepper guy, but I could see the argument for it. Absolutely. It's going to be like S-P- G, P, G. Yeah, people, we don't have to do this. People right. know what spices they use and but what letters spice. they start with. GPA. Next time I'm at uh, you Ralph's. know Lowry's is gonna be lobbying for L to be the lobbying will be disgusting. Next time I'm at Ralph's, if I have an extra ten minutes or so, I might I might alphabetize <laughs> the spices the way I think they should be. <laughs> Sir, what are you doing? <laughs> okay, You're not quite alphabetizing, <laughs> alphabetizing the spices. I agree with ABC. <laughs> I'm good that far. <laughs> After that, I've made some edits. <sighs> Lot okay. of C spices. Lots yeah. of cumin, cinnamon. Okay, if you're at Ralph's and you're looking for cumin, you should know they use the Healy alphabet, so they'll <laughs> actually be... Uh, it, they'll still be in the same spot, but... What's the Healy alphabet? It started with a fake video where he got the rock <laughs> to say that the alphabet should be different. Then so there's a store. U comes before E, and then a store adopted it yeah. kind of as a joke, and now they do it then for real. Elon Musk tweeted a meme about <laughs> it. Musk tweeted about it. Then a politician. Hey, yeah. Even to five becomes... Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> okay, we're having fun here. 
All right. Let's put the listener out of its misery. <laughs> and this. Uh, okay, boys. I had a great time. I hope oh, you did. Blast. And everybody yeah. out there, I hope you enjoyed and that you haven't hung up on us yet or whatever it's called when you end the podcast. Uh, <laughs> and we'll, <laughs> we'll hang see up. You. That's what it is. We'll see you again very soon on The Great Debates. Bye-bye. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Caracello. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina. Yeah, I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black, got the bushes black to match. Riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your Porsche. I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch now. Nobody tell me